0: Our Holy Father, Pope Francis, has declared the period from December 8, 2015 to November the 20th, 2016 to be an extraordinary jubilee year of mercy. Deacon France spoke about this in his homily last weekend. Now normally jubilee years happen every quarter century. The last one occurred in the year 2000 under Pope St. John Paul II. But Pope Francis made the decision that we couldn't wait that long. Pope Francis believes that we need one right now, ten years early, which is why it's called an extraordinary jubilee year. And personally, I think the Holy Father is right on in his assessment of the situation. You know, if there's one thing our world is in desperate need of at the present time, it's mercy. People need to receive mercy themselves, and they also need to be willing to extend mercy to other human beings. And this is not just pious talk, pious rhetoric. There's a lot at stake in all this. We have a choice to make. We can either choose to heed the call of Jesus and our Holy Father by seeking his mercy ourselves, and then by making the effort every day to show mercy to our brothers and sisters, or we can do our part in helping to fashion a world, create a world, without any mercy. And if you want to know what that kind of world would be like, you only have to do one thing. Look at ISIS, the Islamic State. Look at ISIS. The violent actions, the hateful actions of the terrorists associated with that diabolical organization, those are the violent and hateful actions of people who live in a world without mercy, a world that they, that they want all of us to be a part of. No thank you is what I say to that. Needless to say, that's a very dangerous and scary world to live in, which is why it's so important for all of us to internalize this message of mercy during the coming year and then to put it into practice. So fitting, isn't it, that on the Sunday before the Jubilee year begins, we hear about John the Baptist in our Gospel reading. In his baptismal ministry at the Jordan River, John the Baptist functioned, as a very powerful instrument of God's forgiving mercy. As it says there in the text, John went throughout the whole region of the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Mercy was offered to people through John. Mercy is offered to all of us through the Church, and especially through the sacraments of baptism, and penance. But it's not enough to experience the offer of mercy. Mercy also needs to be received. Remember the Pharisees and the Sadducees? You'll recall that they went to the Jordan River to be baptized like everybody else. And mercy was offered to them like it was offered to everyone else who was there. But John the Baptist recognized something. He recognized the fact that these men lacked true repentance in their hearts. And so he knew that they were in danger of losing out on the mercy that was being offered to them, of not receiving it. And so John the Baptist tried to wake them up, tried to shake them up. Remember what he said to them? He said, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. Hopefully, some of them listen. Let me share with you now the formula for actually receiving God's mercy. It comes in the form of a little equation, an equation that I will probably refer to quite often during the upcoming Jubilee year. You could call it Father Ray's Mercy Equation. And it goes like this. Recognition Plus repentance equals reception. Hopefully that will be easy to remember. All three words begin with R E. When it comes to mercy, recognition plus repentance equals reception. First, recognition. In order for me to receive the mercy of God and experience its fruits in my life, there are certain things that I need to recognize. Number one, I need to recognize what Jesus Christ has done for me by his Passion, Death, and Resurrection. In other words, I need to come to the recognition of what Jesus did to make mercy available to me. Number two, I need to recognize the fact that personally, I need mercy. I need to recognize the fact that I'm not perfect, that I'm a sinner, that I have things in my life that need to change. And finally, I need to recognize the fact that I am capable of actually receiving mercy, that mercy is a possibility for me, regardless of what I've done. Now, that's a tough one for some people, because they've managed to convince themselves that they're beyond the reach of God's mercy and forgiveness, even though they are not. No human being is. Recognition. Recognition is not enough, however. It's essential, but it is not sufficient. For the reception of mercy, repentance needs to be added to recognition. Yes, I need to recognize what Jesus has done for me to make mercy possible for me. I need to recognize the fact that I'm a sinner in need of forgiveness, in need of mercy. And I need to believe that I can be forgiven, that I can receive mercy. But then I also need to open myself up to that forgiveness by actively repenting of my sin. The best place to do that, of course, is in the confessional. And if we've committed a serious sin, it's not only the best place to repent, the confessional is also the necessary place to repent. On that note, don't forget that there will be two of us hearing confessions on the next two Saturdays from 3.30 to 4.30 p.m. I want to make sure that everyone who wants to receive that beautiful Sacrament of Reconciliation before Christmas. I want to make sure that they will all have the opportunity to do so. So there will be two of us here next week. Let me conclude my homily now with this thought. You know, almost all of the pundits on the cable news networks are constantly talking these days about ISIS, and the threat that that organization poses to us here in the United States and to most of the rest of the world. What is it going to take to get rid of ISIS? That's the question usually that they're trying to answer. Well, from all indications, a very strong military response is going to be necessary in order to accomplish that goal. And not just from our military here in the United States, also from the militaries of other countries throughout the world. This is going to have to be an international effort, a global effort. But getting rid of this one terrorist organization, as necessary as that is, does not address the problem at its root. The terrorists of ISIS, as I said earlier, reject mercy. That's one of the tenets, that's one of the core tenets, core beliefs of their perverted philosophy. But that means that everyone in the world right now who buys into the same philosophy and rejects mercy is also contributing indirectly to the problem at its root, at its core, even if they have nothing to do with any terrorist organization. They have what might be called an ISIS mentality, which is fueled by hate, which is fueled by a desire for revenge. This is the mindset, incidentally, that stands behind many acts of domestic violence and road rage and some of the recent attacks that we've seen, sadly, in our country against law enforcement officers. As individuals, we do not have the power to destroy an organization like ISIS. Unless, of course, we happen to be a member of the military, and some may be in that category here. But all of us do have the power to do our part to help to destroy the ISIS mentality in our world. And that's just as necessary. That's just as important. We do that by first receiving the mercy of God ourselves, and then by showing that mercy to other people. May that be our goal for the upcoming Jubilee year, and every year thereafter.